Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the 71st episode of Kiwi and the Bird, Book Nerds in Session. I'm Taylor. I'm Kami. And in this episode, we're going to go into an in-depth discussion about the sexy and thrilling Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Here's how our book discussions work. We're going to try to fit in all of our thoughts and feelings for Fourth Wing in just half an hour. Now, if you like this episode or the show or what we do, we would love to have your support. Donating to Kiwi and the Bird helps us so much. It keeps the show running, aids with giveaways and other fun activities, and enables us to grow. If you're interested, you're welcome to click on the link in the episode description below or visit our Venmo, which is also at Kiwi and the Bird. Now, as we discuss everything about Fourth Wing, and I mean everything, here's your one and only spoiler Spoiler alert. alert. Oh, by the way, this might get explicit. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's a spicy book. If you're 18 and below, don't listen. If you're 18 and above, up to you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're an adult now. Congrats. And now, on to the show. Now, we're very predictable with these book discussions. If you've joined us before, then you know there's one topic we always like to start with. Because it's the most important part of a story, even though we will not admit it outside of this podcast. Yeah. And that is the romance. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, Kami, what did you think about the romance in Fourth Wing? And I am i have a feeling we're going to hear a lot of libido in this conversation. Oh, my. Can I just start off? This book, okay, only has like two sex scenes, technically. But the horniness starts from like page 20. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I, I'm just not that kind of person. I am not a sexy book kind of person. I, <laughs> it's not my thing. And so with the romance with this one, I actually liked the way it started out. I was like, okay, great betrayer, son, you know. He hates her. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. They're supposed to be enemies to lovers. I never felt the hate. Like, there was slight dislike and, like, a little bit of wary. And that was it. <laughs> that was it. I was like, one, Zayden, her mother is responsible for the death of your father and all of these other people that you've basically taken in as, like, your wards. Okay? I need you to hate her a little more. And I was like, Violet, he is the son of the man who has killed your brother. You have your angst already lined up. Use it. <laughs> because there's like there's a love triangle in quotation marks, I'd say, because there's clearly a bias towards one of them. But I'm, in my head, I'm like, a good love triangle is where you cannot decide between the two love interests. Mm. Like, I want to love both of them. Mm. And with Dana, I was like, but you have it all there. Right? They grew up together. He knows the history that Zayden doesn't. Like, I wanted Dane to use his knowledge of Violet and their childhood to get under Zayden's skin. Mm, mm. I wanted that. So I was like, oh, so you have all this physical attraction. I want I want someone to undermine it. Mm, mm-hmm. But that didn't happen. 
I do appreciate that the sex scenes didn't actually come until like 300 pages in. I did appreciate that. They, the author did try to build up to it, at least without just like kind of coming at it. The, I, 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 I will keep going. You go. <laughs> no. Yes, I think with the romance in this book, I think, I think it was strongest to me, like where my heart was pounding the most, where I was the most excited, where I was really anticipating the romance was definitely in the first half of the book. You know, I liked uh, how they met, how it was right before the... I, I always want to say paparette. Kami told me it's parapet. Just know it's going to be wrong, no matter what. I'm going to say, like, <laughs> six different pronunciations, and so I need everyone to be prepared for that. <laughs> but I liked that they kind of met right before Violet has to, dis- to do this really daunting thing. And so immediately she has to kind of put up her guard, and immediately she kind of realizes, oh my goodness, this is Zayden. This is the guy I'm supposed to stay away from. And so I liked that from that point on, they kind of meet each other through unexpected circumstances. Like she accidentally spies on a meeting he has with the other marked ones, which endears us to him because he's actually just trying to look out for them. And they have like these little passing moments where it's like they're slowly kind of kindling into something more. But there is that sense of you can't trust anyone. You're going to be betrayed. You can only look out for yourself. I felt like that was really strong in the first half of the book. And I felt like, like I said, I was super involved with it. Like you said, though, because I feel like Kami's the master of angst. Kami knows good angst and how to generate good angst and how to recognize good angst. And I do think there could have been more angst. Like you said, they should really hate each other. And I think the hardest part in a romance is how much hate do you infuse to the point where it's not irreversible. And so I feel like, though, if they had started out with a lot more hate... I think it actually would have, the romance would have felt a lot more emotional because it'd be a lot harder to see this person in a different light. But because of their um, genuinity, that's not a word, genuineness? I don't actually know. We'll look it up. We'll look it up. You won't know in this episode. (laughs) Um, That they slowly come to kind of begrudgingly realize that the other person's a good person. Oh, and I actually really value this trait in this person. And oh, it's blossoming into something more than all of a sudden... The lightning strikes, and if you know what I'm saying... The lightning strikes. The lightning strikes. And I think Dane, too, could have been utilized a lot more. And the thing is, I don't mind the differences. I I actually liked that there were differences between Zayden and Dane, because sometimes in a love triangle, it feels like two guys, but just one thing different. Um, One has lighter hair. One has lighter hair. And so I liked that Dane had a different perspective and that he did like to follow the rules and that he did have very distinct personality traits that were kind of the opposite of Zayden. And so I do think that could have been played up to be more angsty because I think the dynamic between the three of them was super interesting. And then you have rank involved and, and stuff like that that I think could have just been a little sharper, a little more emotional. Yeah, honestly, with Dane... His whole thing of, like, well, the reason why him and Violet start to fight is because he says that he wouldn't break the rules to save her life. And that's, like, rude. Okay? Wow. (laughs) Where's the rule about not being a jerk? But, see, the thing for me is that when we first meet Dane, he breaks a lot of rules for Violet's sake. So that already is inconsistent. And I wanted there to be jealousy. I wanted jealousy out the wazoo. And, and, you know, I, am I proud to say this? This is just a fictional sense, though, okay? <laughs> this is a fictional safe space. I wanted jealousy 
from Zayden. I wanted jealousy from Dane. I really wanted to see the dynamics. Again, the angst. Okay, this is going to go over time. We always go over time on the romance. <laughs> it's just a fact. But the thing I really, really wanted to see was the, their family backgrounds to really come into play with this. I wanted to see Violet being close to Dane's family. I wanted to see more of Dane being close to her family. And I wanted to see how... I wanted to see Violet struggle with her attraction to Zayden instead of just openly accepting it. I wanted to see maybe, like, once they first kissed, like, her kind of, like, realizing she's falling and then thinking, oh, my gosh, what is Mira going to think? Right? Because maybe she doesn't care as much with her mother because her mother, she has a complicated relationship with her mother. But I wanted to, for, like, or, like, what would Brennan think? Like, what would, what am I doing to my brother's memory? Oh, that's what, you're the queen of angst. You're the queen of angst. I wanted her to struggle with that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see Violet and her father, particularly. Like, she's such an important, like, person to her, and her his death obviously affected her, but we rarely get to see him in the story, even in terms of, like, flashbacks. And her father died because of her brother's death. And so, in a way, like, you can kind of, like, with chain, just like the chain of events, you can be like, because of Zayden's father, I lost my own. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to see her, st- like, just like the, the struggle within her with being like, I cannot be attracted to him, but I cannot help it. And I wanted that to be amplified by their dragons bonding. Like, we, this is obviously something that is very common in these types of stories, but I want you to use that against the character. Yeah, make them... Like, they need to be forced to confront something within themselves that they're not proud to admit. Yes. Or even, like, I think, uh, going along with what you're saying, I think with Violet first connecting with Zayden and falling for him and the first time she kisses him and stuff, there's not enough of an emotional repercussion. Because she should feel guilty. Yes. She should feel like it's wrong. She should feel like she kind of committed treason in a way. Because it is, from the outside perspective, betraying her own family. But after she kisses him, she kind of, like, falls down the rabbit hole of love and lust. I really liked, I wanted to see him have a conflict of his love for Violet and his love for his people. Because mm, they're kind of in opposition almost. Yes, they are. And he, like, as shown by the scars on his back and the deal he made with her mother. Mm. I wanted to see Zayden look at Violet and look at her mother and see the similarities between the two. Mm-hmm. I wanted to. I wanted him to think about his nickname for Violet, violence, and see that quality in her mother, mm. or even just for his for his people to not like almost immediately accept Violet for the same reasons. Yes, because again, her mother did do all these things to them, and even if they know in their minds that it's not her and it's her mother, there would still be a grudge there. Yes. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Now, let's move on to another one of our topics, which I'm going to say side character slash world building on this one. Ooh. And I might go over time. That's okay. It's what we do. 
But uh, well, you go ahead. You go. You start. You start. With side characters? Uh, oh, with, and world building. Whichever yes. one. So I feel like if I had a name kind of a main side character, it would probably be Dane. Because then I feel like everyone else after him was kind of ga- given the same amount of attention. Um, I really liked Liam. You were super sweet. I was like, it's really cute that you whittle little statues <laughs> for everyone and you remake their dragons out of wood. <laughs> And that's really sweet. And he just had kind of like a Seth Clearwater essence to oh, him. Oh, he absolutely did. And if you don't know, we love Seth Clearwater. He did not deserve anything that ha- anything bad that happened to him. No. And he was targeted twice. Yeah. I was like, after Jack, he should have been safe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think my favorite side character was probably Liam for sure. I do wish... Um, that was some of the other side characters that they were explored a little bit more. Like, I would love to hear about how more of Zayden's, um, wards, as you called them, how they came into connection with him, how they feel about him, how they've met him, what he is to them. But also, I want to hear more about them too. You know, where did they live before this? Uh, what resentments do they have? Are they proud to be in the writer's quadrant, even though they're forced to be here? Like, is there some part of them that's kind of glad? Like, you know, a little bit more emotional background where I could kind of feel the same emotional tether I did to Liam to them. Because, I mean, I think one of the reasons why I really liked Liam is because we got a lot about Liam. Mm-hmm. And then one side character I wanted more touched on, and I actually thought she would be because we meet her the first day on the parapet, paparap, thingy majiggy. Was uh, Rhiannon. Is that how you say it? I think that's how I say it. Oh, okay. I never know. (laughs) Was Rhiannon. I felt like that her and Violet were going to have a deeper friendship and more of a friendship. Mm -hmm. It kind of felt more like a friendship of convenience a little bit where it's more casual. It's more about who you bedded, which isn't a bad thing. Of course, like friends, you talk about stuff like that. But I just wanted it to be explored a little bit more. I think I think I wanted to feel the bond deeper. Um, cause I think it felt a little more on the surface to me in terms of world building. Like I said in the recommendation, I did get the militarized sense of a Basquiat college. Uh, I felt like it was an interesting setting. I liked that we actually got to be in the classes and kind of see how the classes ran because I usually feel like ironically in school and in, in academic settings, we don't see the classrooms often. So I'm, I'm glad that we did. Cause I, I think that's a great way to get the world building across. And I liked how, Violet utilized her knowledge about the world to her advantage, both in the classroom and out of the classroom. I think I had a few questions about the setting because I wasn't quite clear on a few things. I wish we had gotten more about the fables and the background and the legends of the Venon and the Wyvern because I will give the author credit. It was introduced throughout the story, but I think it was in two small of pieces where I didn't know it was important. And I really wanted a greater sense of the history of this fable. And I know that the college isn't supposed to know a lot about it. It's kind of like a hidden enemy. But I felt like there could have still been something, even if it's like a side quest that Violet was on, you know, finding her dad's fable book and then like falling deeper into it and realizing that this was the enemy all along or something like that. But what about you? For side characters, I absolutely agree with you. Liam was by far my favorite. And it's because he was given a background and qualities that really separated him out. Like, he had his whole little thing of, like, whittling little dragons. 
Like we find out he can sign. Um, he, we find out he's very, very loyal. He's a very loyal person, and especially to Zayden. And we find out why. Like Liam was just a fan. Like I, he was a really great side character. I really liked him. But the other side characters, it felt like they were just fodder. Like even Rhiannon, who we meet at the very beginning. Like I was having a hard time matching descriptions to names just because of how little they came up and how little we learn about them. And that's something that I always say is like your side characters, I think really like fulfill your story. Like, of course, like the most important parts are your plot and your main characters, but your side characters are really what's going to pump it up. Like I said before, with Dane's character, like our main side character, I, again, like his character was pushed to the side so that Zayden could like come out triumphant. I really, I wanted to see way more of that. I wanted to see Dane's connections and how I wanted to feel much more hurt by his betrayal in the end. Mm -hmm. I wanted to feel all of the years they had together. I wanted to feel um, the importance of, you know, his position. Like I wanted to know why he was such a rule follower those kinds of things. And honestly, I really wish we'd seen more of Violet's mother. Like, she's supposedly supposed to have this... Re- I mean, and she does have a really terrible relationship with her. But they're in the same area. Like, I didn't really realize that until they stole the map for one of their things. Yeah. But her office is right there. Like, I'm surprised her mother didn't come up more. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted to see more of her kind of, like, just glancing over her. And, like, I wanted to see the other cadets reactions to Violet being ignored by her mother. And honestly, my favorite interactions of the whole story were with Violet's mother and her sister. Mm. Those were the most interesting dynamics for me. Um, just based on the world and everything. As for the world building, I was really intrigued by the thoughts, of, by the idea of, you know, riding dragons, but also, like, with the griffins. And, mm. like, how griffins are also a thing here and how people can also ride them. And I was like... That is such an interesting concept. And with the exposition of the world building, we learn about the different dragons, right? And different colored dragons have different attributes. So we learn about the green ones, the blue ones, and the red ones, but we never, ever learn what the orange and brown attributes are. Mm. And that always, I was like, what are their attributes? (laughs) Tell me! But I did have hope for the world building in, like, the last 50 pages, so we'll see. The last 50 pages, man. I really did. <laughs> and now we are going to be discussing the ending of Fourth Wing. <laughs> Would you like to start? <laughs> was I expecting her brother to be alive? Kind of. Oh, I was. I thought he was dead. No, kind of, because we never really got a, like anything of like her going to his funeral or anything Ooh. like that. And so I was like, no body, no death. <laughs> it's a good rule. <laughs> um, so like, like I was kind of half expecting it, but I wasn't expecting it in the way that it happened. Mm. I didn't expect Zayden to know Brennan. I was like, oh, sorry, you go. You go. No, no, you. You go. I was going to say that Zayden keeping um, the fact that they were helping out the enemy, essentially, a secret, wasn't too big of a deal to me. Like, it fit his MO and, like, it wasn't too unexpected. And I was like, I don't think he should get in trouble for hiding that. But I was like, 
Bro, you should maybe get in trouble for hiding the fact that her brother, whom she was very close to, is alive the whole time. Oh my gosh. No, that was literally my next point. I was going to be like, okay, Zayden, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to keep anything from her. I'm like, the first thing that didn't cross your mind was, hey, your brother is alive. Like, isn't that kind of the main point that you should hit on first? To be like, hey, I know what this looks like, but you can trust me because guess what? Your brother's alive. <laughs> With that said, though, I might read the sequel. <laughs> you were tantalized enough. I was tantalized enough. The lot, like, I really liked the whole fight scene with like the wyvern and the venom, even if they were kind of. It was just kind of like a like, whoa, what's happening kind of thing. Mm. I was very sad with Liam dying. <laughs> yeah, I was like, guys, guys. I was actually like sort of hoping for a love triangle with Liam instead. Oh, because I was like, can you imagine the angst, like him struggling with his loyalty to Zayden, but his feelings for Violet? Yeah, Ugh. it would have been so good. With um, Liam, though, I was like, he's already been stabbed. Okay, <laughs> don't he doesn't need to be dead now. His dragon doesn't need to. Oh, when his dragon died, I was like, bro, bro. I was like, kill all the humans. Don't kill the dragons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lot of emotions. Um, I kind of liked that the final battle of the scene was sudden. That it was a betrayal. That was a shock. Dane had no remorse. He was like, Zane's not going to be able to keep you safe. And Violet's like, I don't care. Zane's like, okay, bye. <laughs> he did say, I'll miss you, Violet. But that was kind of like worse. Yeah. Because he was accepting her death. Like, I'll miss you, Violet. Like, oh. he could have prevented it, but he didn't. Yeah. Dang, dang. That's cold. That's cold, man. That's colder than snow. Yeah, actually, I was very interested. I was like, oh, so they're really building, you know. Where they are, I was interested in, because you're introduced to, like, the Griffin Riders, or Flyers, as yeah. they like to be called. I like how um, Zayden's like, they're called Flyers. I'm like, dude, <laughs> maybe not the time, okay? Maybe not the time to correct her right now. <laughs> but I was like, that's an entire, like, new culture that you we get introduced to, which is why I'm hopeful for the world building. Um, So I was I was very interested in that aspect, so... We'll see where it goes. I do want to see Violet get upset at Zayden for hiding the fact that her brother was alive, though. I want to see that happen. If she doesn't shut him out for three months, at least. <laughs> oh, just watch her be still so attracted to him. Like, I know at the end she was like, I will help you because I do believe that this is happening and all these things, but I don't trust you. I was like, I appreciate that. Yeah, I was like, but I was like, you still trust him. We all know it. But she I appreciate does. that you said it. Yeah. Now, we do know there is a sequel to this book. It's called Iron Flame. I think it's coming out in November. Oh, that's pretty soon. Yeah, pre-order now to get the sprayed edges, everyone. Literally. <laughs> um, so what do you think will happen in the sequel? I know what I want to happen. Ooh. <laughs> I want the side characters to have more of a role. Mm-hmm. I want Violet to have a confrontation with her mother. Uh, Particularly, I want her father to be invoked as well. (gasps) Like a god. (laughs) Yeah, I want her, I want her father to be invoked. I want her, I want her to like, I want to see her mom's like facade crumble. Mm. Um, I want to see, uh, I want to see more development for Zayden. 
I want to see more of his background and really see him be more grounded in that. Um, I do want to see a confrontation with Dane. I don't want him just to become the villain. I want there to be a struggle. Mm. And, oh, yeah, I want Mira to find out about her and Zayden. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be good. Right? Yeah. If I had to guess what was going to happen in the sequel, I think Violet will be sent back to Basgiath as, like, a, a spy. Ooh. Because I think there was mention at the end of the book, I think it was someone either saying it to Zayden or Zayden saying it to someone like, yeah, when she goes back, she's going to have to learn how to shield her mind against Eidos. So I think that we're going to kind of dive back into the love triangle with Dane mm. and that Violet's going to have to, like, infiltrate in whatever way she can to learn of the enemy's plans, a.k.a. her mother and the board of directors. I know they're not a board of directors. It's a lot more serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think she might utilize Dane's affections for her to do so. Ooh, it's almost like you shouldn't betray your friends and like take their memories without their consent, (laughs) steal them of their memories. But then I think with that, obviously Zayden and Violet's dragons are mated. So they have to be in close proximity every few days. So I think there's going to be some secret meetups. Oh yeah. Potentially sexy. Most likely. Most likely sexy. But I also know that they're obviously Usually, at least, like, if we're going off the pattern of past books, there has to be something in this book that forces Zayden and Violet apart romantically. Mm -hmm. So that could be the distance, of course, if she's at Basquiat and then he's not. Or it could be, like, the emotional repercussions of keeping her brother, who was previously dead, alive and not telling her. (laughs) Or I feel like it could maybe even be something more than that, that kind of... They get pushed apart, but then they come back together. New love interest? I don't know. I was hoping it would be Liam. But <laughs> Liam's gone. I know. I love him. A new love interest would be introduced, absolutely. Just watch it be one of the Griffin Flyers. Just watch. It's got to be. It's got to be, like, watch. second in command, who was actually meant to be first in command, but he handed it down because he felt he was unworthy. <laughs> and his name is going to be Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> and his name... <laughs> <laughs> it will start with a G. I want everyone to know. <laughs> if you're right, I swear. We're, we're going to be prophetic. Just it's, it's Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we get to play the scary sound. I hate the scary sound. It's just anxiety inducing. Yeah, there is something quite unsettling about it. Even though it's kind of playful and kind of cartoonish, I I, I don't, it feels unnatural. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are now going to be playing How Would You Survive and Other Questions. We have four minutes to pose four survival scenarios that pertain to fourth wing. Will it be in four minutes? Probably not. Never. Mm-hmm. The first question is, if you had to walk the parapet to be initiated into the writer's quadrant, what would be your thought process and strategy? Look, I know it was clearly established in the book that people will throw other people off the parapet, but I would just get on my hands and knees and crawl. <laughs> and then if someone tried to throw me off, I would latch on. And I'd be like, try to grab me now. <laughs> You're going to be wasting your time here, buddy. I got this locked and loaded. And I wouldn't let go. And I would just go forward an inch at a time. And it might be like the next day until I make it over, but I'll make it over. <laughs> 
<laughs> what about you? Um, I don't remember. I don't think our weapons allowed. Yeah, if you if it's like yours, then it is. I think. Cause I quite I always question why Violet with her apparent dagger throwing skills. I question why she didn't throw daggers at Jack on the parapet. I mean, maybe she was uncertain about her own balance in doing so. I mean, if she thought he was going to get up to her anyway. Dodge this! <laughs> I mean, if she felt threatened, I feel like that would be the best course of action. So that would probably be mine. Anyone tries to come against me, whoosh, whoosh, stab, stab. And, well, I mean, she did put her, her knife against his pee-pee. Yeah, at the end. <laughs> Where's the fun in that? <laughs> I was like, girl, he's literally saying, like, he's going to come kill you. Like, just throw something at him. Gosh. I like how your plan strategy is just stabbed. I mean, it sounds pretty foolproof. I mean, I just, I don't understand why she didn't do it. It's fine. But that's what I would do. Now, question number two. If you had a target on your back like Violet Sorengill, how would you strategize for your own survival? I mean, I think she pretty much had it down. I'm surprised she didn't, like, keep poisoning people. Yeah, it seemed to... I was like, in battle, as we see in the end, poisoning, like, putting poison on your dagger and your weapons, it's a great strategy. I was like, so you're doing this all before your challenges, but you refuse to do it afterwards? Like, I know you don't have breakfast duty anymore, but, like... Utilize this nonstop. Yeah. I think for me, I would just become a Liam, and I would make friends with everyone... That way, if they ever did do something to me, they would feel so sad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, I I think, I know that uh, Mira's strategy is to not make friends or alliances. I think that is the strategy because like Zayden and his little crew, they look out for each other and they've all survived because of it. So I would make friendship bracelets. I would invite people to late night sleepovers. <laughs> I would be having movie nights on Wednesdays. I would be having polish your knife with me on Saturday evening. <laughs> you know what to do. Like, if I'm going to die, I'm going to make them sad about it. Yeah. If, if you don't cry because you killed me, then I have failed. <laughs> Our third question is, what kind of dragon would you want to bond with? I can tell you straight up, the red dragons would not like me. <laughs> I don't know why. I think they would sense a weakness mm. in disposition, in constitution, in integrity. <laughs> like the, the the guy, Pridor, who was really indecisive, and he was, like, literally burned for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Indecision, gone. <laughs> I mean, of course there is kind of, like, the natural appeal of Tyrone Tairn. I say Tarn. Tarn and Spagel. It's, I know it's Segale. not Segale. I, I think it's Segale. Um, because they are the big bag dragons. Also, she's a blue dragon. And I'm like, blue's pretty cool. But also, I'm like, black's pretty cool because it's like toothless from How to Train Your Dragon, which I will admit I've only seen once in 2011. That's but good. It- <laughs> 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 the soundtrack is. <laughs> um,. I think I'd probably say a blue dragon. I think I'd like a blue dragon. They just feel mystical to me. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, I want what no one else has. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be special. I want a white dragon. Oh! It exists. 
exist. I know it does. It's going to come up. It, it'll come up. It'll be it'll like the chosen up. one. No, no. Violet will be resurrected. And so will Tern. <laughs> <laughs> and he will come back as a white dragon. Yeah. But see, I don't want, just want no basic white dragon. I want like the big behemoth. Like, you know how in How to Train Your Dragon? Um, all the dragons are scared of the really big one because he's jifrick enormous. Yeah, I want a white one that's that big. I want one no one else has. <laughs> that's fair. Thank you. For our last question, we have, which quadrant would you want to be in? Not the writers. <laughs> I mean, okay, so quadrants, there's writers, scribes. Healers. Oh, healers. I feel like there's infantry. one more. Oh, infantry. Oh, infantry might be pretty lit. I mean, you might not live long, but... You're not going to live long in riders. <laughs> you know, if I had to choose, I mean, I feel like I have to say scribes because I like books. <laughs> but, but I do want to ride a dragon. So. You would also have to do the obstacle courses and like fight people. <sighs> Let me tell you, my upper body strength is straight up not there. The question is, do you just want to be pinned on a mat? By who? <laughs> That's the question. Well, the, <laughs> you know, now that you bring that up, writers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like in real life I'd say scribes, but in fantasy I'd say writers. That's so funny because in both fictional and real sense, I was like, I'm going to go with like healers. Oh. Like, I feel like being a healer would be pretty cool. Like, I don't know how I would do with like exposed bone. But I think I'd be okay with cuts. <laughs> You're like, anyone who has teeny cuts, come here. Anyone who has serious injury, go. Yeah, I feel like healers, like, you're pretty much guaranteed safety. Ooh, that's a good point. Yeah. Because you're never going to be, like, even if you are on the front lines, you're going to be in, like, the safe space because you're a healer. You're going to be in a little tent. Like, and yeah, it'll be extensive training, but not the kind that's going to kill me. True. You know, that's a good point. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you all so much for joining us in today's in-depth book discussion about Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. We hope that you will join us in our upcoming episodes. If you enjoyed our content, don't be afraid to subscribe to the series and follow us on social media. On both Twitter and Instagram, we go by the handle at Kiwi and the Bird. And, and remember, like a library, at Kiwi and the Bird, happens.